last time on Join the Party. Okay, so there was this plot to kill Alonzo and Greg. The weapon? Black bread! No, Tracy, it was poison. And then it all pops off. This is for the Red Throat Gang. Johnny places his hand on the Book of Light, producing a dazzling array of flashing lights. And I want to scoop up that incapacitated frog and just chuck it out the window. I am rushing as hard as I can with uh, shield uh, forward, and I try to basically side tackle this owlbear. Something old, something new, something borrowed, and something that stops the passage of time. Let's get this party started. We are back in this. Alonzo has just frozen time, and all of you are set in a beautiful tableau of chaos. Uh, all right, let's start with Tracy. Tracy, where are you at? I am rushing. I have just uh, subdued the uh, Red Throat Gang members, the uh, bartender and the chef, and put manacles on them. And I'm rushing towards Nessie with my shield in front of me, trying to side tackle her. Johnny, where are you at? Johnny just cast a color spray, blinding many of the guests and the assailants. And Johnny then uh, swung a perfect, it would have been PGA Tour worthy golf hit off of a frog off of Greg's face. Is the color spray lingering in the air? Well, I, I'm I'm sure the effect is still there, but the blindness certainly is there. But the effect is just pretty pretty colored lights all over the place, cool. as Johnny B. Goodlight would like. Anara, where are you at? Uh, Inara used her mage hand to throw, uh, I think it was the last poisonous frog out the window, um, and then tried futilely to have it uh, sort of soothe Nessie as she was kind of getting all riled up, but I don't think that worked. So I'm uh, I'm probably standing, I don't know, five or ten feet away from Nessie. Great. Okay. So everything else around you, as you remember, it is a wedding in chaos, and people are frozen with their hands in the air. They are open mouth and screaming. People are running away. Uh, Vitaly and the bartender are on the ground and they're manacled. And Alonzo is looking around at the scene. He cannot believe what he just did. Uh, and after a few seconds, well, two of you, Anara and uh, Johnny, you guys realize you can still move. Uh, Tracy, you don't remember because you're currently in a rage right now. And I'm just going to tell you what Tracy's doing. Although Nessie has stopped moving, Tracy is continuing to move and using uh, the laws of physics. Tracy has launched himself full on into the wall and he collides and kind of just like crashes into the wall. Wait, did I just like miss Nessie? Like just. Yeah, because like you were, tra- your trajectory was for like a running, speeding owlbear and you just totally and whiffed. Then she froze. And yeah, and then you just totally whiffed and hit the wall. I couldn't correct. Got it. No. Uh, and so, so Tracy is like not, uh, not of conscious mind. Like he's gone into rage mode and that's just that. Yeah, he is currently raging at the moment. So Inara looks over at Johnny and goes, What the hell, man? That was a perfect swing if I ever saw one. Time is frozen. Huh? Johnny, obviously caring about himself more than anything else, was only paying attention to what he was doing. This is quite odd. Is anyone here that oh. can talk? Oh, hi. Uh, what? I, uh, okay, Alonzo is freaking out. He's like moving everybody around. He does not know what's going on right now. He's like, you two can move? And, and Tracy collides into the, into the wall. And the robot can move? That's I, crazy. I oh my god oh my god we got we got we got we got no is he just, would you say he was moving people around was he moving people around like mannequins yeah, yeah oh yeah it's exactly like mannequins and and do their arms stay up when he like lifts them up just like uh. yeah absolutely I uh, recommend you stop touching people but they're frozen I don't Anara could you please calm him down while I try to help Tracy out. Uh, sure. So Inara walks over to Alonzo and says, did, did you try to do that, mister? Your, your necklace seems all spinny and glowing. 
And Alonzo looks down, and the the medallion is currently still spinning and still glowing, which he did not notice before. I uh, I guess so, Mister. Is that what happens now that I'm married? Oh, there's. Oh my God, Greg. Oh, and he okay, and he runs over to Greg, and Greg is currently all red throated from the grung, and he is not doing well. He's also kind of frozen in like like a choking sort of motion, and he does not look good. Uh, Johnny, do you know anything about this frozen poison type thing? Can you help him right now? Give me one moment before Tracy uh, breaks down the entire place. Uh, Tracy has already um, stood up and is is aiming to uh, shoot at Nessie again. Goodlight uh, takes his uh, his shillelied uh, quarterstaff from a like he reaches as far towards Tracy as possible while Tracy is like aiming at Nessie and flips the switch. Using the the quarter staff so that he himself doesn't have to touch an enraged um, automaton, <laughs> much like trying to kill a roach with a yardstick, which I've totally done before. Yeah, it looks like he's like, <laughs> and uh, he, he makes that noise, and Tracy just kind of like uh, shakes himself and rubs his eyes and is, looks around at the scene and is, is very confused. Sure, okay, I want you to roll a dex a dex roll. For a flat dex, I have a 16. That's great. Yeah, you totally turn that switch off. And Anar says, Johnny, come over here. He's like freaking not looking good. Tracy, buddy, you going to be okay? Yeah. Okay. Johnny walks towards uh, Alonzo, uh, Anara, and Greg and tries to survey the situation. I'd like to make a medicine check to figure out the medical situation that Greg is in so we can properly see our options here hell yeah do it there's a 17 plus three Ooh, johnny be good roll. There you oh, look johnny at them good roll. uh okay greg is definitely affected by something you haven't seen before you definitely know what poison looks like and what it looks like when humanoids get poisoned but this is a little bit different because the collection is near is around the neck uh however you can assume that the regular kind of healing potions strong healing potions that uh, doctors and maesters have come up with would work to get this poison out of it, but it would have to be strong. He seems to be poisoned. I've never seen something like this before. I'm not quite sure my magic will do anything but stabilize him. Do you have anything that you could do? Uh, yeah, I have a poisoner's kit. So Inar runs uh, across the ballroom to just the entrance to the kitchen where she had stowed her clothes and her bag is there with it. Um, so she grabs the poisoner's kit from out of her, her satchel, um, which is next to her thieves tools, and runs back out as she as she is running. She looks in it for all of the antidotes that are there in the poisoner's kit because if you're going to poison someone, you need an antidote there as well. Um, and And just based on what she sees – the most familiar poison to her is a sort of like uh, one that comes out of like like almost a, like poison ivy, but just super, super bad, like red and rashy and terrible. Um, so she uses that antidote and uh, and uncorks it and says to Johnny B. Goodlight, so I can just like pour it in his mouth, right? I uh, Johnny's taking too long to answer. So Inara just pours the antidote um, into Greg's open writhing mouth or frozen mid mid writhe. <laughs> Okay, so you pour the antidote into his mouth, and it sits there in his mouth. He's a frozen person. No way, man. Gravity would, would, would pull that stuff down into his, into his throat. Is there gravity in our world? There's definitely gravity, but, like, he's, a fr- he's frozen still. Okay, so uh, Inara looks up at Alonzo. Okay, so, so you froze time somehow. Can you unfreeze it? Can that necklace stop spinning? Can it spin backward? Just, just l- let's go here. Uh, Tracy is petting Nessie now. <laughs> the frozen. Thanks elder. for your contribution. You're welcome. Uh, Alonzo has been looking around and just like messing around with people who, and still trying to figure it out as you stand over Greg. And he uh, he looks over to what you're doing and he's like, "What are you? What are you pouring? What is that? What, what's going on? What are you doing?" It's an antidote, man. I'm trying to help your husband. An antidote for what? For like he- headaches? I don't. For I his don't poison. He got poisoned. There were there were frogs. There were spears. There was black bread. He got poisoned. I didn't put it together at the moment, but now I have. No, I got all that. No, I understand everything bad that's happening to me right now. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, if you are going to do your adventurer's, like, poison kit, why don't you actually talk to a medicine man that we have here? You know, a doctor, like, he's he's here. Like, you don't think I would invite an actual doctor to my wedding who works in the castle? Uh, go talk to him. Go go find him. Go find him. Time I don't, is frozen, I, bro. 
Uh, Tracy walks over to Alonzo and starts petting Alonzo. Can you roll for comfort? Why don't you do a charisma check? Uh, I got a crit one. <laughs> you just made Alonzo's life worse. Improbably. You're just like raking your hands through his hair. Like really uncomfortably. And he's like, Yo, I don't You're know. You're like nuts and bolts are getting caught in his hair. He's just like, uh, why are you doing this? <laughs> this? This is how my mom did it to me. Was, was your mom a wheat thresher? I feel much worse. <laughs> You knew her. Apparently. Oh, no, no, no. The, the, the japes and the jokeries are not helping me. Okay, I'm I'm going to help him swallow this, but I know this is just for, like, uh, I've seen this before. This is from your poisoner's kit. Like, you, you're an adventurer. I yeah, don't... yeah, just just a general antidote, like, fast acting, just in case you get, like, bitten by a snake or something. I'm not saying it'll fix the problem, but I don't want him to die right laying here, so I'm trying to do something. Um, okay, uh, why don't you go find the doctor? He has, he's, he's, he has a beard and he has tons of flowers in it. Go find him. He, he's somewhere in the, in the hall. I'm going to make him swallow this. And I, oh, this, this is bad. This is so bad. This is so, so, so bad. And, uh, perception checks, everybody. Good news. Johnny B. Goodlight is blind. He got a crit one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got an 18 plus two for a 21. Uh, I got an eight. 18 plus two for 21. Eighteen plus three for a twenty-one. Oh, there we go. <laughs> this isn't a math show, Eric. Are you sure? Only nineteen, but my mind is older. That's I, fair. I got an eight. Okay, uh, Anara, you w- w- look around and you see in the middle table, about like halfway through, there is a dwarf who is, has um, these like really nice white robes around him. Cute. He currently has his mouth totally open and is about to like pour two drinks into it. And he <laughs> has a massive beard with like 14 roses just like adorned through it. I'm super into that. Are they multicolored? Are they the same color spectrum? Like what are we talking? Yeah. it's a, There are pink roses for and there are light uh, like purple roses, lilac color. Love it. Yeah. And he is having a good time even while everyone is in chaos. It's like a chaos is around him. Like people are getting up from the table and running and screaming. But he's like in full like double fisting mode. Uh, so Inara says – Okay, he's over there, Alonzo. He's frozen, though. Like, like, what do we do? He has, he's a doctor. He has stuff on him. Just go, go. I, I'm just going to make him try to swallow it. And he just tries to, like, mash Greg's mouth a little bit. <laughs> just, like, to try to get him to swallow it. And it does go down a little bit. Okay. But nothing nothing changes. Okay, so uh, Inara runs across the hall to the uh, the medicine person, Dwarf. And what do I find in his robes? He has a satchel on him. That it has like a, a red a red cross on it, and it's glad, very glad that's a universal symbol for yeah. help. Yeah, and it has a red cross on it. It has a satchel right there. All right, so uh, Inara uses her her you know cutting little thieves hands to swipe it and bring it on back to the uh, dais where everything's going down. Okay, uh, so Alonzo grabs it out of your hands and he opens it up. Inside the satchel are like five different herbs, a bunch of liquids, and a really small mortar and pestle. You know the kind of stuff that you'd make walk in. And uh, that's exactly what they were invented for. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Guac and medicine. Excellent. And uh, Alonzo just starts pouring all that stuff out on the table. And he's just trying to lay it out. And he starts, like, assembling all of the stuff into a goblet. He grabs, like, two herbs and, like, a, a splash of, like, blue liquid. And he starts grinding it up in the mortar and pestle. And he takes it and he starts rubbing it on Greg's neck, right where the inflammation is and this whole time he's just rattling off questions to all three of you. Just so he starts with an R. He's like, "Where did you get this?" And he doesn't actually stop for answers at all. He's like, "Where do you get this from, James? The one with the, with the beard. How many flowers did he have in there? Did it was big beard, beards and flowers? Because he's very fancy with the white robes, James. You know, you know who I'm talking about. And the entire time he's doing it, and he finally lays the poultice out on on Greg's neck, and finally. Yeah, Alonzo's finally starting to calm down. Um, he's having to have forgotten Tracy's manhandling of him. And he finally looks around and he takes a big breath and says, Okay, I I, I don't I don't know what happens next. Um What is it that you did? You know, it's uh, I'm I, My family's super 
powerful. Like, I don't, I learn random stuff. I don't have anything better to do. Uh, I took alchemy classes. I, it's, I needed to do it myself. I know you were, you were all helping. I just really needed to, he, oh, the, everything's no, no. And he's getting more kind of worked up again. What did you do to time? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. The medallion is still spinning and glowing. And he's like, maybe it's this thing. I don't. I can only imagine because you guys are moving and I'm moving and this is moving. So unless the three of you are like chrono masters, that's my only, I I don't know. I don't know. Is that like a family heirloom or something? This? Uh, Yeah. um, I got it for, I got it for my wedding. It it got passed down from Kiko's. Um, Like my great, great, super great grandfather had it. And it's like a, it's a, it's supposed to give you good luck. I didn't know it did this. No one told me it glows. Can I roll an arcana check to see if I know anything about the object? Sure. I'd, I'd also like to as well. What's your arcana? You might be better than me. Uh, Let's do it. Everyone roll an arcana check. Uh. Uh. Seven plus two equals nine. Ten. Seven. It's definitely powerful. Uh, you make the deduction that it is the thing that has stopped time, but you don't really know that much more about it. It's definitely powerful. And it goes along kind of with what Alonzo was saying, but not not you don't really learn anything more. Uh, so Inara was raised on the road like like a, a nomadic clan of moon elves telling stories around campfires. So from stories, she knows that like sometimes fate intervenes to save your beloved. So uh, she hypothesizes out loud, maybe it acted because your beloved was in mortal peril. If he, perhaps he is closer to life and he gets saved – Maybe time will unfreeze itself? Alonzo looks over at you and says, tell me one. Just pick one. I, you have to have known one that you had heard before. I just, uh, this is too much. I need, uh, I need to hear someone else's story. Come okay. on. Okay, okay. So like once upon a time. Okay. And uh, Inara and, and sort of like looks around the room wildly. Uh, uh, gnome Rosebeard and, um, and like drunken sister-in-law were really, were really just in love with each other. But then one day a, uh, and she looks around, an owl bear came across their encampment and, um, was about to, to eat the, the, the Rosebeard guy. Cause she, he liked roses, the owl beard. I, I don't know. It's just like a delicacy. Anyway. So she was like <laughs> leaping toward Rosebeard when all of a sudden time froze and, and drunken sister-in-law looked down and realized that her, uh, her wedding ring had a moon in it, and it glowed, and it was fine anyway. And then she knocked the owlbear out of the out of the way, and dragged the rosebeard husband out of the way, and and then and then time unfroze because he was out of danger, and the owlbear like leapt into the fire, and then was dead. Sorry, Nessie. And uh, and then everything was fine. They lived happily ever after, and died at four hundred, and they had eighteen kids. Bye. Roll a performance check, and you get advantage because you done did it. I sure will. That is seventeen. You have advantage. Roll again. 16. All right. Alonzo is, is wrapped during this retelling, and he his breathing starts to go down a little bit, and he he's following along with the story. Um, I'm going to get to Johnny. I walk uh, towards Gregina, pulling one of the uh, tablecloths, uh, causing just a giant mess and not caring. Um, uh, Johnny tears off a good long piece uh, spins it around so it's in a good, almost ropish uh, consistency. <laughs> okay, okay. It has okay. a nice mouth feel. It has a nice <laughs> mouth feel. Somewhere, Batali stirs and goes, "What are you doing?" Um, and uh, he binds Gregina, who seems to be in a very drunken state. He gingerly places her on the ground. And binds her hands and her legs so she cannot run away um, with a presumably great knot. Make a survival roll for me. I can do that. That is an 18. Yeah, that's a sailor's knot right there. Ooh, Lord, Lord. Let's try that again. Whoa, that's uh... a... <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Um, that is a great knot. I salute her and then walk back towards the group. Inara mutters under her breath, not. <laughs> Get it? Because she's like, no a one laughed. No one laughed. <laughs> that was so bad. Woo! 
Oh, good lord. All right, Johnny B, you're bu- you bind up Grigina's hands using a very slick knot, and Anari, you were telling the story to Alonzo, and he's finally calming down. And as he actually takes more and more breaths and like his he's visibly getting less anxious you're seeing that actually some movement is starting to happen um people are kind of like they're not shaking it off like they're shaking off the cold it's like time is trying to get back into rhythm so like some things are twitching a little bit like some curtains are starting to blow in the evening wind some people are starting to like twitch a little bit to get moving and alonzo finally takes one big breath and everything kind of pops back into place all of a sudden, the screaming is back. People are running and waving and waving their hands around. Alonzo is standing over Greg, and he, the color is coming back to his face. Yes. The poultice is kind of just like staying. It's actually hardening a little bit, and uh, Greg is starting to breathe. He's also starting to breathe normally, and the color is coming back to his face. Alonzo has collapsed on top of his betrothed. Um, just happy. Happy is okay. Everyone is just like still freaking out and screaming. What's Nessie up to? Is she okay? Oh, thank you. Nessie is currently charging, and she's headed right for the dais. Uh, Tracy just goes, <sighs> and then stands between the dais and Nessie, and just like sits, gets on a knee, and puts a shield out. All right, what's your AC, Tracy? Sixteen. All right. So, even in your resigned shield stance. Uh, Nessie is running, and I'm going to say this is like a tackle attack. So she just kind of lunges forward, and she bounces off of your shield. Not like it's not like bouncing like a bouncy ball, but you definitely you hold her uh, enough, and she has stopped moving like right at the dais, and people are are stunned. Huey, Dewey, Louie, my boys, could you do me a solid? See those two guys on the floor? Super restrain them. And also this gal right here, Gregina, I believe. Yeah, I need one of you to also grab her and bring her towards the dais, please. And all three of them stand up and say, all right, boss. And uh, they grab all of the culprits together and kind of like are holding them all together. And the guards that are actually around the room are now see what you've done to Nessie. And they start to like pull her back. This is, this is you know, if you have an owl bear on hand, there is a protocol for how to take it down if it freaks out. So they kind of like, they pull Nessie actually out of the double doors. And like the handlers from before finally get like a handle on her. And they actually, they take her out of the party. Coming to a fire pit near you, owl bear protocol. The squeak <laughs> I'm so sorry. The title of that movie is Defcon Owlbear. Mm, yes. <laughs> Zero Dark Owlbear. <laughs> the Fast and the Owlbear. I was just going to say that. <laughs> no. Are you going to say the Owlbear and the Furious uh, or the Fate of the Owlbear? Owlbear Drift? <laughs> <sighs> All right. The three, of the, the three guys, they're holding them fast. And um, actually... The, you see someone walk up to the three of you who you hadn't seen before. Uh, is a older man in all purple robes, very, uh, very sort of regal in a way that you haven't ever seen before. And uh, he grabs all of your hands and shakes them and says, on behalf of um, whatever you've done here, thank you. Uh, the, the Kikos are forever in your debt. I, I'm, I'm Sylvanus. You probably, I mean, you probably know me in the same way that Maximilian said before. Like, you probably know who I am. In the same way, he's like, you probably know who I am. And Ara goes, uh, yep, 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 yeah. No, pleasure to meet you. Yep. It just kind of, she shakes. Yeah. Wait, Sylvanus is in the guy I've been pretending to be? No, they just have the same name. Okay. <laughs> of course, Sylvanus, my good friend. He's like, I know. He, he this, this man looks at I'm Johnny. I'm still wearing the cloak. Oh, oh you're yeah, still wearing the cloak. eternal guest. Mm. He's still wearing the cloak, and he's shaking. He's like, I know you from somewhere. You have a face I just cannot forget. You know I say that to you every time. My friend, come give me a hug. No handshakes here. He is a handshake sort of man, and he just kind of keeps you like a, at like uh, arm's length. He says, this is a, uh, handshakes are enough. Handshakes are enough. I Give him a hearty, hearty handshake. Good, yeah. He seems so to be very content with that. Do you uh, stroke the side of his hand with your thumb a little bit as you shake his hand? I I don't know any sort of secret handshake languages. Actually, let's find out if I do. 15 plus, what would that be? It'd be nothing. What are you talking <laughs> about? Stop. Your I handshake. Wait, wait, wait. 
Uh, let's do... Performance? Performance. That's a... Or is it sleight of hand? We'll do performance because that's the higher thing. I have a 19 <laughs> in... I have a 19 in secret handshake language. So... And then we flash back to Johnny B when he's uh, like 10 years ago at home and he's just like practicing on his own hands. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, this is tight. But yeah. these are all handshakes that I've never told anyone. They're all for me. Yeah, you know what? This is canon. You were a really sad boy who practiced handshakes and now you are proficient in handshaking. If you listen to my backstory, you would know I was a sad boy. Saddest. The saddest boy. Yep, that's all canon. Yeah, sure. In languages, write down secret handshakes. That only uh, Johnny knows. Arcane secret handshakes, sure. I want to see the middle of the Venn diagram between thieves can't and secret handshakes. It's like a, it's a circle. It's just one <laughs> circle, actually. <laughs> Sylvanas Kiko is thanking all of you for us. You do a power move of a handshake, and he is just grateful. And he, he steps out. He says, "I I need to be. My family needs to regroup, and we. It was nice. It was nice to meet all of you." And he walks away. Could we beckon Maximilian before he uh, goes out with the group of the Kikos? Even before you try to look up to figure out where he is, he is right behind his papa. And he's like, wow, yes, I knew. Yeah, this was the reason why I got you guys here. You were just kind of like busted in. Everything was weird for a second, but that was great. And now all these people are in chains and the Red Throat. Didn't I just say it was the Red Throat gang? And now it's a party. And now everyone's going to have a great time. And yeah, nice. And he, uh, he, he high fives all of you. He's like, he's high fiving a million angels. I high five him way too hard. My friend, you knew we would save the day. Come, give me a hug. Nope, I, we're not a hugging family. You just noticed that from my papa. We were and in jail like 10 minutes ago. Nope, you were still criminals, but like I said, I'm having too much fun. And you know what? I'm going to put you up for the night. You're going to have a place just like stay and party like it's fine. I'm going to talk to y'all tomorrow. It's all good. I will see. Yes, yes, yes. And now he's just going. He's just like going over to the band and they're starting to like get their groove back and put on all the dance music. So I'm assuming that the criminals have been taken out of the hall. Yeah. Huey, Dewey, and Louie like to pretend that they're police and they're making them all do a perp walk out of the out of the Oh, way. no, they're leaving? Oh, they're walking out. No. Huey, Dewey, Louie. Johnny yells towards them. My boys, I will see you later. I know you're taking care of the criminals because you're the best. And they all they all give you an exaggerated salute, and they're they're walking them all out. And they're my best friends. So at about this time, um, the way that I'm thinking about this is that you guys can do some stuff still in the world, and then when you want to move to the next thing, you can. So the wedding is often popping. Uh, all these people are kind of have settled down, and it's back to like it being a party again. Alonzo and Greg are just having a good time. Is there anything you want to do in the wedding before we move on? I want to grab just, like, a generic party-goer and uh, ask them, like, Hey, you know, like, when you uh, sleep for a very long time and you get up out of bed and you have to stretch your your limbs and everything, and do you have that feeling right now? Uh, one of the half, you just grab a half-elf by the arm, and uh, as you ask this question, yeah, they look a little groggy, and um, they kind of look at you back and say, uh, yeah, you know, I do feel a little stiff, uh... I definitely should have slept better. I, I was doing this whole this new thing where I actually sleep for only like three hours at a time, and then I'm awake for six hours, then I'm asleep for three hours again. So it might be that Tracy walks away. <laughs> <laughs> and Ara's nodding, going, "Yeah, man, biphasal sleep, man." It's like, yeah. <laughs> anything else, Anara? Do you want to do anything? I would love to talk to the uh, the sous chef that Tracy became friends with and see if there was, like, previous uh, uh, suspicious behavior on the chef's part. Okay. Uh, Charlene is outside in the courtyard, so you want to go out there? Sure, let's go. And I can I grab Tracy by the elbow as we go? Yeah, sure. Uh, Tracy, before we get out of here, let's just see if there's anything, like, weird that was happening before we got here. I just, I don't trust that this was the last of the Red Throat people, so, like, let's go talk to your buddy, the chef. Let's do it! And I twirl my cape. Hey, it's Amanda. This is like when you put on your party playlist and there are like five bangers in a row and then an R&B slow jam comes on, but everyone is really into it. It's kind of like that. Hey, hi, let's all grab a refill. First off, I want to mention that we actually have transcripts of every episode on our website, jointhepartypod.com. 
I know audio isn't everyone's thing, or you might want to read along or go back and reread your favorite moments, so those are there for you to use and enjoy. Or if you have friends who aren't podcast people, or maybe you have friends who are deaf or hard of hearing, send them a link and see if they dig it. That's jointhepartypod.com. Whether you listen or read along, if you're enjoying this journey so far, we would love if you could review us on Apple Podcasts, nay, iTunes. It sounds like a minor thing, but it's actually really, really helpful for the growth of the show. It's like the person who you ask to bring ice to the party, and they're like, ice? Really? That's what you asked me to bring? But they're actually the secret heroes of the whole party. That is what iTunes reviews are. Boring, maybe, but clutch. Another thing that is super duper important to helping us keep the party going is our Patreon. Yes, it's a way for you to support the show, but it's also a super cool community where we share advanced cuts of the episodes, bloopers for every single episode, actual notes from our play sessions, the chance for your name to be featured as a character on the show, and a bunch of other cool things for our patrons to enjoy. If you want to join the fabulous, snack-wielding, ice-bringing patrons, head on over to patreon.com slash jointhepartypod and throw us a few bucks. Huge shout out to Kaylee, Maria, Alexandra, Ben, and Katie, our first five patrons. We love you so much. Alexandra is a party animal, so she got this episode before anyone else, because she's awesome. Something I'm really excited about is the weekly blog posts that we'll be sharing on the Patreon from all of us on the team. Last week, Brandon published an in-depth look at the audio engineering and mixing behind our show. He does some incredible things with our really dumb voices, not just the beautiful sound effects that you're hearing, but stuff as granular as which side of the headphones our voices are on and why. You'll also hear from Eric about behind-the-scenes tidbits for the plot of this show, from Michael about playing and running D&D campaigns of your own, and from me. I still need to write my first post, but I am planning to talk about entering this wonderful world of RPG nerdery for the first time. Explaining cool stuff I'm learning, reviewing games and books and movies, interviewing people whose work I really love. I really dig that this is the first exposure a lot of you have to D&D, and we're getting to learn more about all of this stuff together. And don't miss the after party. The day after each episode comes out, so that's every other Wednesday, we publish a talkback session. All four of us sit down to discuss the episode, to debrief on what just happened, and to beg Eric to tell us what could have happened if we went right instead of left, or we made that strength-saving throw instead of critical failing it. And most exciting of all, we answer your questions. Please ask us any questions you have about D&D, about gaming, podcasting, whatever. Ask us for hot takes. We have a lot of them. Just hit us up at Join the Party Pod on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. We've also got a form on our website, jointhepartypod.com, or you can email us at hello at jointhepartypod.com. And if you do ask us something or share something on Twitter, Rowan shared some incredible art of Tracy this week on Twitter. Throw hashtag jointhepartypod in there so other folks can see it too. Finally, this is the part of the show where we shout out a family member of ours to get them to listen to podcasts. This week, I am putting my youngest brother, Austin, on blast. Aus. I know you are super busy being a fireman and EMT, saving people's lives and houses and pets and stuff, but I think you should take an hour or so to listen to your big sister's show. Connor helps out too. D&D is totally like your job in that we have to get out of sticky situations and save people and make sure that we don't die a lot. Only we're sitting around a table discussing elves and wizards and you're running toward danger at 3am wearing like 80 pounds of gear. But... This is important, too, to me. Um, I love you. All right, let's get back to the party. All right, you all walk into the courtyard, and Charlene is... Now, you know that tree that originally Batali was standing under? She's now just kind of, like, sitting under there. She's kind of picked herself up. She's holding her head a little bit, and she sees you two walk over, and... She she is a little she's a little scared, especially for such a tall uh, and sturdy half orc. Uh, she's a little scared. Hi hi hi, Charlene. Do you remember me? She yeah she doesn't respond. She just kind of like makes uh she's a little wide eyed looking at you. Okay, uh, Tracy kind of uh, pushes Anara forward a little bit and then kind of backs backs off and keeps his distance. 
Okay, miss, you seem like you're not evil. Uh, and, and like, inside, I don't know if you know this, but your boss just tried to poison the husband of, of the, the guest of honor, the two guests of honor. And do you know anything? Was there anything suspicious? Did, did he, like, talk to any weird characters? I just want to make sure that we root out all this, like, insurrection and, and stuff before, before we leave the wedding. Sorry for hitting you! Yeah, yeah, my, my buddy here, just, just forget him. He's just, he's, he's had a rough day, rage mode, I don't know, there's a big switch. Just, just, we're, we're fine now. Y'all just said a lot of stuff to me at the same time, and my head hurts. Um, Tracy, she uh, looks over at you and said, you know, we both did some things today that we weren't proud of. I, I said some, some hurtful things to you, and you hit me with the blunt side of an axe. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'm, I'm willing to forgive if you're willing to forgive. I've, uh, I've already forgiven. Well, it's going to be very easy for me now. And she uh, she holds her hand out for you to grab. And I give her the biggest hug she's ever had in her life. Can you well, roll for that? What is, what is that? Hugging. That's a, a natural nine hugging ability? Is that a history roll? <laughs> you recall all of the hugs you've had in your past. <laughs> and you're like all her hugs. And distill the best hug you could take from your The er hug. The platonic ideal of a hug. It was a decent hug. It was decent. It was pretty good. You like pick her up which, and you kind of like shook her around a little bit, which was pretty nice. But I mean, she, she already forgave you, so it's okay. And she leans into it a little bit, which is nice. So, so what's the, all right, what's this about, wh- who, did someone die? What? The conspiracy? No, there's no conspiracy going on here. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Batali, the guy in the orange fantasy crocs, he was totally, totally poisoning the groom's husband. The other groom, Greg. No. Yeah, man. No. Red throat gang, it's a thing. But, like, did he do anything suspicious? No. Red, I, red throat gang? No, I didn't know anything about this. It, if it all popped off without me, I'm just sad that I missed a party. Tracy, you crazy guy. You make it, you're doing the things to me. Make me miss the party. When it all gets cool, you, you scamp. I can, can I roll an insight check? Sure. 13? Yeah, she's not, she's not lying. She's very just as surprised as you. She's actually just excited about the drama that's happening. That's her truthful voice? Yeah, she was super just like, just like, no. What? No. She's, She's also like just out of a coma. Yeah, you did smack her pretty hard on the head. Inara turns to Tracy and is like, uh, okay, I feel like we've gotten everything useful that we can out of her. Do you have any other questions before we go? No. And I give her another big hug. Uh, Charlene or me? Uh, it's a group hug this time. Okay. <laughs> that was a four for a hug. I'm going to give you advantage because you tried to hug again. That's an 18 for hugs. Oh, hell yeah. That was a good group hug. You, you're all there. You all feel good together. And she walks in with you uh, to the party and y'all get down. Now, before that happens, Johnny, who are you talking to? Johnny takes the medicine uh, that Anara had taken from the dwarf uh, and goes up to him to speak with him in return. Before you get a chance to open your open your mouth, you walk over and James is surrounded by a, a ton of people who's just like all all around him and he's telling a story. And as you walk up, he just kind of holds like a finger to you and he he continues like, oh yeah, after, I mean, everything was happening to me. I was just, I was, I mean, I just woke up and then my pack was gone and I mean, everything's fine though. Best party, definitely best party this millennia. You know, I, I, I'm a party guy, you know? You don't think that the, I don't party down and don't put flowers in my beard like this. But I guess a great party. You know, all you're all having a good time. You're all partying down. You know, the medicine man, he gets down like that. And he does like a little shimmy and everyone's just kind of laughing and smiling around him. James, you totally killed it. Here, I found this over at the dais. And I toss him over his medicine. And he, he grabs it. He snatches it out of the air. And he says... Do I know you from somewhere? You look familiar. You look like a party animal just like me. You know me from the last banquet. Boy, did we get down. He grabs the pack out of the air when you throw it to him. And he says, oh, I recognize a party goer wherever I go. Thanks, man. And he, he rifles through it. And he says, oh, this is some high level stuff. You can tell from uh, the mortar and pestle. Who, who made this? I wasn't actually there, but it was one of the Kikos. I could tell. They did a good job. I think they saved uh, Greg's life. 
Hmm, yeah, that's my boy. I've been training Kikos for years now. They all have a lot of alchemy skills, but I guess that's what happens when you have nothing better to do. Um, hey, if I could just mess around with the herb all day, I'd be a happy man. Am I right? And everyone around him just cr- cracks up and laughs. And he was like, all right, let's get, a, let's get this party going. And uh, he walks away over to the dance floor with all the people around him. And he has sick moves. Wait, let me roll for that. Yeah, he has sick moves. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the wedding paces that you were expecting go through. They bring out this giant cake that has like both of their name, both of their names written on it in like delicate cake font. Uh, and of course they grab pieces of it and smash it in each other's faces. You're all drinking, you're partying, you're having a good time, you're, you're high-fiving, you're making friends. And eventually the party winds down, uh, kind of like all of you were like definitely a little bit drunk and you were kind of led through the intricate uh, hallways of the Kiko castle and you are brought to your room that you are staying in that Max secured for you. And there are three bunk beds um, that are all made up both on the top and the bottom. I'll take the top bunk. Tracy goes to the top bunk, one of the top bunks, and kind of goes into sentry mode. He doesn't actually need to sleep, but he is uh, watching the door. Is he like motionless? That seems kind of creepy. Yes, it is. It's a tiny bit creepy. Uh, Cool. So Inara takes the top bunk furthest away from Tracy. (laughs) Oh, you get used to it, Inara. And then Johnny sits down on a bottom bunk in the empty one and just starts perusing his uh, book of light. Uh, In the middle of the night, you notice that a guard comes in with three bags, which are all of your adventuring bags with all of your stuff in it. And he puts an object on a dresser that is on the other side of the room. And he closes the door and uh, leaves. And the next morning, day breaks. And... um, how long do you guys do you? How long do y'all sleep usually for? What is your sleep schedule? Let me know what your sleep schedule is. I need to know for the fantasy. What's your circadian rhythm, guys? <laughs> oh boy, um, good light uh, sleeps as long as it's dark outside. As soon as light uh, reappears uh, on the horizon, he awakens <laughs> as if he knows. Uh, Inara uh, sleeps probably six or seven hours, as as little as is necessary. Um, to, to function normally and probably usually takes a, a nap around kind of, you know, warmest part of the day, 2, 3 p.m. Uh, just like my teenage years. I mean, she's a little baby elf. Oh, cute. Uh, Tracy, what, what do you, how long do you use Sentry for? What is Sentry mode? Do you need sleep? Like, what's, what's no, the deal? No, I, I don't need sleep. Uh, I'm, I am in Sentry mode until they're awakened, until the first person wakes up. Normally, Goodlight and Tracy do calisthenics in the morning. Uh, together as the sun rises. Adorable. Together. We would have noticed the object on the dresser, correct? Oh, yeah. You, uh, Johnny, you get up with the light, and Tracy, I guess you wake up. Before our morning Tai Chi, I'd love to take a look at that object. Sure. And uh, it's a note. Uh, and it's kind of weighted down with a really small, delicate paperweight. And it says, Alonzo and Greg are here to hold you down. It is like engraved on the on the paperweight. Oh my it's god! Like a party is it their wedding favor? Yeah, it's a party <gasps> favor. Oh, That's so adorable. Cute. And uh, underneath is a note, and it says uh, it's from Max, and he says, "Great job last night. Uh, you proved yourselves, but now it's time for me to prove myself. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Ha ha! It's not that a lot because I'm pretty quiet most of the time. Uh, seriously though, stay put. I'll come get you later." Max, and he signs his name with two X's, and then he crosses it out and signs it Max with three X's, and then he crosses it out again, and he just writes Max with one X. Hmm. We've been ordered to stick around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't mind spending some time doing Tai Chi, but eventually I'm going to want to get out. So, As long as they feed us, I'm fine here. Does anyone feel like we're in another prison cell? Good callback, Tracy. Uh, yeah, someone, maybe one of us should go walk around and try to find Max. Uh, Tracy walks over to the door and tries to open it. Is he successful? No, that door's locked, dog. Oh. Oh, no. Uh, Inara pulls out her, uh, thieves tools to try to pick open the door from the inside. DM, am I successful? Uh, why don't you, why don't you roll a dexterity? Are you proficient with, uh, thieves tools? Uh, I am, but I just rolled a crit fail. Oh, no. Inara, as you try to break the, um, lock open uh, a nail file 
falls out of your thief stools and skitters underneath the the door frame, and you are also unsuccessful in trying to crack the lock. In oh. fact, the lock, you, like you hear it giggle a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing at my shame. Yeah. Uh, well, sorry, guys. I guess I wasn't as successful as I hoped to be. That's okay. So I think we have two options. Uh, I can ram it down if you want, or we could just chill. There's also a window, correct, in this room? Mm-hmm. There's a window uh, facing, it's kind of like facing the whole city. You're on a, actually a pretty high floor, and you can see a lot of the, um, the mar- you get a really good view of that market where y- y'all got picked up in the first place. And even the day after uh, the big, the biggest wedding of the millennia, things are still bustling down there. Why don't we give it like an hour, and then if uh, if nothing happens, we'll we'll put Tracy here in a rage mode and, and get out of here. We are how how far up you'd say? Hmm, you're pretty far up. I'd say you're about thirty feet off the ground. So, if we were to tie all the bed sheets from all six of the beds that are in that room. Johnny, you... B, Johnny B. Goodlight begins to tie all the bed sheets together <laughs> from the six beds in the room. Listen, man, what are you doing? Like, like if Max comes in the next couple hours and, and wants to give us riches or something, like he said he'd give us work and pay us and stuff, like we don't need to like bust out of here super quick. That I... sounds great. I'd love to get some riches. Except we're stuck here right now. And he could always find us again. In the meantime, that's a bustling market town. And I'm in the mood for some breakfast. Uh, and Tracy starts uh, t- helping tie the bed sheets together. Well, while this Ocean's Eleven heist begins, <laughs> let me give you more of a, of a view of the scenery. The castle is kind of like this very big presence in the city, and like as uh, it's it's an estate, so you're definitely you can see you're pretty high up, so you can see the market, but it is not right directly at your feet. There's still like a lawn, and there's all this stuff out there, and then you have to like go down like the winding driveway and which leads out to like the city proper and there's like the other side of the railroad tracks and all that stuff you know what i'm talking about um so i'm tracy is just helping tie these bed sheets together but in the back of his mind he's like is this the right thing to do and he says to johnny you weren't thinking about like not serving our jail sentences were you johnny i do believe we were told tracy that if we succeeded our prison sentence would be commuted. So if anything, we shouldn't be held right now. We're free to go. That's all I need to know. And I open the window. That's what I'm saying, guys. It's like we are free to go. But if we break out of here, then they could throw us back into the prison again. And like I spent five minutes here before we got arrested. And I don't want to do that again. So hold on. You're saying if we as free people decide to leave a place that we're being held against our will, we're the bad guys? I'm tying the bed sheets to the, the bed and throwing them out the window. If you want, we could go instead to a different floor and escape that way and try to talk to people there. I'm sitting on the bed and, like, gesturing with my head, like, go, go! Okay, fine. I am concerned with how heavy you are. How heavy are you? I'm 270 pounds, give or take. He can go last, man, and we'll figure it out. I'm sitting on the bed so it'll stay stable while you guys go down the rope. Johnny uh, begins to position himself outside the window and is going to start shimmying his way down. And Inara says, real quick, guys, can we just give it like 15 minutes? And if 15 minutes pass and Max doesn't come, then we'll escape. You have 15 minutes. Does anyone have a pair of cards? No, sorry. <laughs> a, I, pair I a pair of cards. Pair of cards. <laughs> I indeed have two cards. You guys haven't heard of the Moon Elf game pair of cards? You each have one card and try to guess what the other card is. It's great. It's great. Bag of laughs. Uh. Tracy, after seeing Johnny kind of – are you back inside the window? Now? I am just holding myself and hanging out in that windowsill the 15 minutes that I that Johnny has promised to wait. I was picturing you so like rational. a cat, like butt poised up in the air and like ready to jump out the, the thing. We'll retcon it to be that. Okay. I would love for that to be <laughs> the position Johnny's in. All right. You guys are just hanging out for 15 minutes? Yeah. What happens? Yeah, no one, no one shows up. Yeah. All right, we're out of here. We're out of here. We're so out of here. We're so out of here. I'm out of here. Yeah, that's not happening. Johnny says adios and just starts shimming uh, down. Does he pass by any windows as he does this? Why don't you make an athletics check? Fourteen. Okay. Yeah, you are making your way down the rope. Is anyone following him? Uh, Nara's going next. Yeah, athletics. I got an eighteen minus one, seventeen. Great. And Tracy. 
can Tracy wait until the two of us are are almost to the ground? Just yeah, in, that, just in case you're too heavy. And yes, fall. yes, yes. Uh, so I'm going to uh, scoot the bed over to the window, uh, kind of get in the sill, and then bring the the. I'm going to tie it to two feet of the bed, like retie it to two feet mm-hmm. at the same time, and then bring the um, bed forward. So it's kind of like holding up against the wall and then try to go down. So I had to get some extra support. Sweet strategy, man. Dang. Okay. I'm going to say that you can probably do the bed. I trust that you can pick up that bed because you're a big, strong robot man. But I... Hey, uh, thanks. No problem. But what... Okay. I need something. You have to roll for the rope tying to make sure that the rope is secure. Okay. So So I'm going to say that's survival because that's what we said uh, knots and knots were. That would be a crit one. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to remember this this one. As you are climbing down, uh, you do pass. Yeah, you do pass by an open window. And in the window is sitting, like, right on the ledge is a gargoyle. He uh, with, like, three horns and who's kind of perched and ha- actually has an open mouth look. Like a very sort of, like, goofy look that you were not expecting on a gargoyle and as you're coming down you hear a humming sound. Johnny, why don't you make a perception check? Ten. Alright, you do not, you see the gargoyle and you just hear the humming sound. Do you want to keep going? Sounds like a humming. Humming's great. I love hummings. Hummings are a wonderful time. Great. I'd love to continue going down. Alright, as you... All right, you you got to get very close to the gargoyle in that area, and it's actually next to an open window. And as you look in, you realize where the humming is coming from are these oversized hummingbirds. They're all flapping their wings as quickly as possible, just like floating in the air. And you realize this is a rookery for these hummingbird-type creatures. Um, their feathers are actually like a muted off-white, and all of them make eye contact with you. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like being noticed by a swarm of bees. I think back on my adventures in nature to, to, to perhaps recognize what they are. Yeah, sure. Might make a nature check. 18. You have seen these birds before. These are called um, bumbleates. And uh, bumbleates are notoriously used in urban environments to carry letters and notes from all across cityscapes. They have this thing where they really love sugar water. So as long as you leave a bowl of sugar water outside uh, on your doorstep or windowsill, the bumbleate will fly to it and will bring your letter. Of course, it's not perfect because like they just kind of go wherever there's sugar water. But uh, <laughs> it's the best they got. And they are also like... They are super fast. They're generally friendly creatures otherwise, though. Oh, yeah. They are, these things are very nicely tamed, and they're used by peoples and humanoids. Tracy yells down, All right, can I go now? No, not quite yet, Tracy. Inara, there's an open window here. Want to play with some hummingbirds, or you want to keep going? <laughs> <laughs> that seems kind of scary. Uh, is there anything valuable in there or shiny? Not quite, but if you want to take the stairs as opposed to doing this, we could leave now or just keep going down. There's hummingbirds? There are indeed, Tracy. Uh, I'm good to keep going. I feel like wherever they keep the, the bumble lights probably is not a valuable part of the castle. Then uh, we continue down. How far away, uh, how far away uh, down are we? Like how many like floors, you would say? You are about five. You're still five stories up. Johnny will uh, continue going down, um, preparing himself if he comes across any other windows to not be as conspicuous as he was the last... Two-ish. Right. As you are about to make your descent down, uh, you hear a voice who says, Hey, you're not going to stay for a little bit longer? What am I, chop liver here? Hey. Okay. Oh, g- good good sir. Uh, where, who are, where are, what? <laughs> Whence and where for, mister? Hey, you've never seen a gargoyle before? Is this your first time? Gargoyle friend. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, and the gargoyle actually is... He starts to, like, move a little bit, uh, like, shake himself off like he's been stiff. And he's like, hey, I've been sitting here for a little while now trying to find somebody to talk to. But if you're just going to walk away, I mean, that's fine by me. Okay. No, of course I won't leave. How are you? We could just stay here hanging all day. Or, if you want, 
you could uh, come off the wall, help us down, and then we can all hang out and just chit-chat. I'm going to leave my bombolade colony like that? Who do you think I am? You think I'm some kind of, like, other gargoyle who does not care about his job and things? Uh, so from above the gargoyle, uh, Nara looks down, is fairly freaked out, and says, uh, uh, Mr. Gargoyle, from, from all your, like, wisdom and knowledge and, like, experience in this castle, can we, like, trust the Kikos? Are, are they good people? Like, what's going on here? Oh, Mr. Gargoyle, that, that was my father. Just call me <laughs> Stoneface. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Stoneface. That's what, that's what my friends call me. I'm Stoneface. <laughs> So great to meet you. Oh, great to meet you, you too. Hey. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I don't get a lot of visitors over here on this side of the, on this side of the Kiko Castle, but you're throwing all these questions at me. You don't want to, you don't just want to hang out? Like, play with, play with the birds? Well, we are literally hanging out right now. Good joke. Ha ha. <laughs> Nara laughs a little bit too loudly. Haha, okay. What do you so what do you do? What's with these uh bed sheets you got going on? Hey, we just want some breakfast and they didn't provide any, which I think is very rude. Very you, rude, very rude. Where would you suggest in the town to go have some breakfast? Can I come down now? Not yet, Tracy. <laughs> Not yet, Tracy. Not yet. Oh, who's that? It sounds like a real fun fella. You'd be best friends with him. Ah, uh, probably. Super fun, super heavy, so he's not quite coming down yet. Uh, we, we really don't want to, like, make these bedsheets rip Mr. Gargoyle. Is there anything, like, cool inside here past this rookery, or should we just, like, keep going? Hey, this is the coolest place in the castle. It's the Bombolet Colony. If you want to drink some sugar water, I bet it's cool. And I also got some sandwiches. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why does he have sandwiches? <laughs> Why do why do I have sandwiches? You ask. Well, a lot of the guards like to eat their lunch in here, and sometimes they leave it here. I think I got some bananas as well. Hey, or uh, you know, you could probably just fly over there. You know, yo, know, I see my main man Alonzo. He's all he's down there. I can fly over there for you and see what's going on. <laughs> Stoneface points with his wing down about like a hundred yards, and you see there's like kind of a a makeshift. Um, it's like a training facility, but like it's outdoors. It's just kind of like a lot of um, targets set up, and Alonzo is standing in the center of all of them. And even though you're pretty, you're kind of far away, you can definitely see that he's like trying to concentrate on a bunch of them. And he's like has one of his arms outstretched, and he's trying to like, it's it's like he's trying to like push his energy towards them. And he like he's switching every once in a while. Hey, gargoyle. Stoneface, Gargoyle is my father. Hey, Stoneface, how would you feel if a 240-pound automaton fell on you? I would dislike that a lot, thank you very much. Okay, that's just a question for me and not for the uh, whatever. Hey, why don't you guys just come inside? Do you want these sandwiches? Because I'm not sure I want these sandwiches. I'm pretty sure they're going to be covered in hummingbird uh, excrement. And they're probably super old. I'd like some sandwiches! (laughs) Hey, I like, who's that guy? He sounds like a real good time pal. You'll definitely become friends with him. But Stoneface, would it be easier if uh, you met us? I know we won't move from down there, but, you know, you could meet us there so that we don't have to, you know, expend so much energy just hanging around and you and we can talk, all that. Where where am I going? I don't understand. I don't understand what's happening. I just want you guys to come inside and eat these sandwiches. Okay, great to meet you, Mr. Gargoyle. Uh, Mr. Gargoyle. I'm so sorry. Stoneface, Stoneface. Uh, <laughs> uh, Johnny, I don't want this bedsheet to rip under me. Let's go to the ground. Let's go find Alonzo. Wherever he is, we, we know that we want to be. Stoneface, you and I are friends now. You can catch me anytime. And I hand him a business card and I continue uh, going down. Real quick, what does the business card say? Uh, Johnny, be good light. Magic user and light bringer extraordinaire. I mean, no, I was just wondering. I was just wondering. And, and, and a little rune that I'm sure that if he touched it would maybe give me a little scratch in the back of my neck, so I would know that he was trying to talk to me. And you can scan it on using Snapchat and as a QR yeah, code. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a QR code. Yeah. Guys, I'm coming down. <laughs> We're, we we continue down though. Sure. All right, as Johnny, I'm going to say that Johnny's like 15 feet off the ground. And uh, Anara is about maybe like right above him, like 20 feet off the ground. All right, Tracy, let's get this crit one going. 
Okay, you uh, hoist yourself down on this uh, bed sheet rope that you got that you got going on, um, and you did not do a very good job at doing the doing the rope, tying it off. Uh, in fact, much like the lock before, this knot goes hee and then goes falls apart. And as you as you jump out of the window, you watch the bed sheets unwind. And as you are pulling them on with your 250 pounds of wood and metal, the bedsheet comes apart, and all of you are falling. Oh, no! Oh, man. Tracy! Hey. Join the Party is brought to you by Brandon Grugel, Amanda McLaughlin, Michael Fache, and me, Eric Silver. I am your host and game master. Brandon edits, mixes, and scores the show. Amanda manages our community and our digital life. And Michael archives, manual checks, and cartographs our world. Special thanks to our creative consultants, Connor McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Hetty Hunt. The party doesn't stop here. Make sure you catch the after party where we sit down to discuss what just happened and learn what could have happened. Just tap the next episode in your podcast feed. Join our community online by following at JoinThePartyPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We've also got every episode up on our website, jointhepartypod.com. And you can email us questions or stories anytime at hello at jointhepartypod.com. If you're enjoying this ride as much as we are, help the show out by subscribing to us in iTunes and leaving a quick rating. For even more Join the Party goodness, check out our Patreon. Just a few dollars will get you access to drawings, character backstories, bloopers, and so much more at patreon.com slash join the party pod. We'll see you in two weeks. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.